0: he was like we'll be friends later but I got a race to win so that was a that was a lesson for for those coming up in the ranks like you know there are times when you've just got to set aside the fact that you're friends with a lot of these people and and say excuse me get out of my way so hats off
1: Episode 147 Tank Slapping Podcast, Peoria Thunder Valley in the books, 2023 event. Stoked to talk about this one. Man, what a crazy last few laps in both classes, honestly. We got a rewind pod on the other side of the mic. Got my crippled homie, Eric Hartley, fresh off of surgery. How are you, bro?
0: (laughs) I'm good. I've got got the leg propped up and uh, fully medicated. So, Let's see. Uh, let's see how this goes. Oh,
1: boy. All right. Well, yeah, it's uh full, full send or no send. Let's let's get to it. I want to <laughs> shout out Mission Foods for supporting the podcast. Appreciate everything they're doing for for our podcast, flat track in general, Moto America, track racing. They're at it hard. And I I don't know what the sport would look like without Mission Foods. So if you can support them, they support us. And it just uh, it helps the whole sport in general. So appreciate them. Want to Give a shout out to Bell Power Sports for supporting us. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. A lot of tank slappers at Peoria. We'll uh huh. we'll get into that a little bit. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website, Yamaha Motorsports.com, motorcycle ATV, side by side, snowmobile and power products, Yamaha Revs Your Heart. Big event, man. Uh yeah, I mean, Peoria is one of those. I I tweeted, you know, Twitter, it's a thing. I tweeted before the event, I'm like Peoria TT is one of the most iconic races in the world. And I'm not underselling that as far as the history of flat track and how long, you know, flat track was like the original motorcycle racing, you know, in, in America. And then you look at how long Peoria has been around. It's a really iconic racetrack. And, it bummed me out. I wasn't there. I, I never loved racing there. Last year, I kind of I did all right, and it, it actually had a lot of fun with it. So, a little bummed to not not be back. Be back at Peoria. I thought I'd never say that, but uh, yeah, it was uh man. What a crazy event, Erica. A lot happened, and let's uh first things first, man. Racetrack. What were your thoughts on the on the track?
0: I gotta give him credit. I, I I thought it was great. Um, I mean, it was like 140 degrees all week. Uh, leading up to it, so I was like, "Oh shit, it's gonna be a dust bowl, kind of like it was last year." um But I, I don't, I don't have anything to complain about. I really, I want to have something to complain about because it's good, uh, good content for the pod. But hats off to the crew. I mean, you know, they kind of know what they're doing. Seventy six, uh you know, what was it the seventy six running of the Peoria TT? So uh, they've got a few years under their belt. But um, yeah it was good it was I got I got nothing they uh they left me stumped so good on them
1: yeah I thought it looked good too I mean there was a couple breaking bumps like once you once you land off the jump and you make the right hander there's always a couple like small breaking bumps and there's a couple breaking bumps like the flick where you go from right to left where obviously Dallas tucked the front end and on the on the breaking bumps there and I thought you know those you can't really do much with those breaking bumps I just think it's then. You have seventy horsepower four fifties and hundred ish horsepower twins with hard braking. It's just hard to avoid avoid that, you know, as far as the braking bumps go. And I know the track got a lot of rain because Peoria Speedway they had rained out a few of their main events. They got most of them in, but I think I read they got a lot of rain. So that was Friday night, and we've seen Peoria get a lot of rain, and Caterpillar is nearby, and. They've done a great job with that racetrack. It's, it's seen a lot more rain, but yeah, like Scotty and, uh, Ralph were really stressing about not str- um, stressing. I don't know if that's the word, but they were discussing how the track was spongy and soft, but I didn't really see that too much. Um, I thought generally speaking, it looks sick and then hats off to them for taking time before the mains and digging the corners up and putting some water in it because I thought the track it got a, it got away from them a little bit in the heat races, trying to run an efficient program and, and also keep good track prep is very, very difficult, but overall, I, yeah, I, I thought the track was good. I thought they did a sick job with it. And yeah, I don't know who was in charge of what are, you, what are your
0: opinions on, you know, cause having twin motorcycles at Peoria is new, uh, relatively new to the, the track. Um, longevity what what are your thoughts on the continuing of twins at peoria as a relative new fan to the sport i think it's awesome it's great i didn't see any like you know degradation of the track like i didn't like break away or anything like that i mean last year was kind of iffy but this year i thought it handled the twins great and and this is just complete you know raw dog in here i got nothing behind it but i mean are you do you think the sport's happy with the twins there and um what are your thoughts on kind of like how the track holds up to having a race program of twins as compared to the days when it was just 450s and you know rotax and stuff like that
1: yeah i i honestly i i like the twins i thought i thought when the series went to just twins i was really skeptical i was like man it's gonna you know it's gonna suck for the fans you know i just I didn't think it was going to be a good move, but I think that's one of the better moves they they've made in the last decade. I, th- I think having a twin championship and having a singles was, was a really good decision. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that was good for the program, but uh, man, I'm going to be honest. I think four fifties fuck the track up more than the twins. Uh, and I'm just going off like winter throwdown and going off other race tracks, just, a lot of times especially on these ovals the 450s are shifting right so you go into the corner yeah. and you you bang a gear down and the 450s they're not as they're not as traditional the way you ride them they're set up a lot taller now and you don't really slide them super hard getting in and you don't really hang off the bike so much on the exit you kind of ride them a way different than traditional flat track uh, you look at the riders now riding 450s and you go back and watch riders on rotex mo- motorcycles it's definitely a way different riding style and i honestly think 450s actually tear m- almost every track up more than the twin i really do just you know with the shifting and everything else and i think at peoria i think most of those guys on the 450s and they probably downshift twice in the turn one maybe it's once where the twins are only shifting once so i think shifting you know, now that these guys are shifting at all these racetracks on four fifties, I think it, I think it hammers the track a lot more than the twins do. Maybe it's a people could probably argue that, but that's it's kind of my thought.
0: Well, people can argue about anything. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, to, uh, start
0: a podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I, I did get some shit. I, I posted about uh, we we curse too much, which we get that like once every couple. Fuck! <laughs> we get that once every couple months, but I don't think it's that bad. I mean, if you listen to shit Joe Rogan or any, I mean, it's the most popular podcast in the world and he curses way more than we do. So I thought yep. that was funny. But uh yeah. So track was good. I was uh I was pumped on that. I think the riders were generally, generally pumped on it and you know, I think when the track grooves up versus when it's like dug up how they did for the main events, that's a game changer on results. I mean, there's some riders who are really good there when it grooves up and there's some riders who like it better dug up. So I thought that was a huge, a huge game changer going into the main events when they dug that track up, Eric. I thought that definitely changed the, the outcome a little bit of what it possibly would have been if they didn't do that.
0: So when we go through the results on, uh, some of these, we should, we should look at that and, um, kind of think about, um, you know, all right. So this rider did well, um, and we dug it up. How do we think that they would have done, um, if they had <laughs> kind of left it? So, yeah, no, it's definitely,
1: yeah.
0: it, definitely interesting. Yes. And, uh, with that, do you want to get into the results or do you want to, uh, talk, uh, about anything else?
1: Uh, I think we can get into the results. I think uh, we we usually don't we touch upon the dash the dash races a little bit, but Max Whale won the dash, and Breyer won the Twins Mission Challenge. Which, yeah, I I thought they both look both of those riders look great in those in those challenges. But the track, again, it was it it was just a little bit different. Obviously, it was they they prepped it big time for the mains. And by, at that point, I don't think they, did they, did they dig the corners up at all for the dash races? I don't think they did. I right? That. I don't remember them dig, digging it up for the, for the dash races. I'm going to be honest. I, I did miss both of the, both of the dash and challenge races. That's the only part of the day that I didn't catch, um, which maybe I should watch less because Briar ended up winning. So that was, uh, a. <laughs> I I go back and I checked the results cause I missed it. And, and Briar won the dash. I was like, oh yeah, dude, five grand, put it in the bank. So it's really cool that they have those, those, the, the challenge in the dash. I, the only gripe I have is it'd be cool to kind of spread the wealth a little. I mean, once, once the, like it only pays the winner. So there's a lot of times where the guys that, you know, the last two riders, they just sort of lose that intensity because, you know, it's winner take all. So if you fuck up the first lap there's really no incentive to cook it off in there and you know try to do something crazy there i i would like if they and maybe we've discussed this but line the main event up based on the dash i think that would give them a maybe. little bit more incentive to uh
0: you're a uh, big uh equal opportunist big uh big communism guy right <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i wouldn't say that but i I want to carry some weight in these dash races, man. Like once they get spread out, I like it's, to. I,
0: I like uh, the other. I, I don't know exactly when it was, but I thought in the old days they gave a championship point to the winner.
1: They gave um, five, winner. four, three, two, one. I think points, which I don't like. That yes. I don't. I don't like that. Oh, really? Okay. No, I don't. I don't like that. I mean that. Yeah, I don't. I don't love the extra points for the dash races, but. I wouldn't mind seeing them, you know, just a slight incentive to to give them whoever wins a dash, you you have pole position. Whoever gets second, you have, you know, you second pick, third pick, fourth pick. I think that would give them a little bit more incentive, right? I mean, but that's fair. They AFT does a pretty, pretty good job at keeping the starting line pretty equal as far as the top mm-hmm. four. I think they've done a pretty pretty good job with that. There's some track sometimes where they they drop the ball a little bit where the bottom is, you know, they wet it better than the top or whatever. But I think, you know, nine times out of 10, the starting line is, is pretty fair, but anyway, so here's so- uh, a random thought um, talking about going into this uh,
0: unprepared, but why, why doesn't AFT do any sort of, um, Oh, what the hell am I looking for? The words, uh, like a manufacturer cup, basically um, OEMs So like, if one brand does, you know, the most amount of wins or points, um, you know, all the riders that field uh, their program on that bike get money or something like that. Has AFT ever done anything like that in the past? And I mean, that's always something to look at uh, for Dash for caches. Is, is, you know, it goes to uh, manufacturer stuff or something like that. That's a kickback at the end of the year.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, they do a manufacturer's championship, but I mean, it's pretty much they give them like a trophy at the end of the year. I don't, and they don't, there's no really incentive for that. It's a, uh, Oh, that's a bummer. Funny story. Actually in 2019, when I won my first production twins title, I was on a Yamaha and the brand that won, uh, well, Ryan Varnes is a good friend of mine. He got second in the points, but Kawasaki, they won the manufacturer's title just because, I mean, a lot of people rode Callies that first year and, and uh, I won the, the title, but Kawasaki won the, manufacturer's championship and Varnes was on a he was on a Kawasaki and we had my championship party and we were all tuned in really like Briar me Varnes Noah we were pretty drunk and uh you know Varns is running around won the manufacturer's championship bitch <laughs> so he, he just kept running around talking about how how he won the manufacturer's championship for Cali I don't know it's just a funny story I have to find that video but yeah, they don't do much for it, dude. It's uh yeah, it's kind of just uneventful, really, one for all that. So yeah. but all right. yeah. Anyway, going into the results, man. So <laughs> yeah, chaos. Yeah, what it was it was definitely chaotic. <laughs> Trevor Bruner took the win, which man, he he he's thankful for that red flag because he honestly trent. Trent passed Trevor and was putting a gap on him. And that was for, I think Trent was in fourth. So Trevor was in fifth, I think. I'd have to look. But he was, I think he was in fifth prior to the to the red flag. And he ended up winning the fucking race. <laughs> so that's just how racing is. I mean, you kind of saw it with, you know, the Draney actually had a really good, you know, he was good on the podium as far as, um, yeah, racing it is what it is. Cause he he had it he had it in the bag pretty much. I mean, he he was at the point in the race where nobody was going to really catch him, and he was going to win the sucker. And yeah, restart didn't. I think he drifted wide in turn one. Bruner took out you know took advantage of that opportunity and got the win. Got his first win of the year. It's probably overdue. I mean, he's been riding really well, and I'm sure he's tired of playing second fiddle to his teammate and went in there and got the win. It, I don't think it. He definitely deserved it, right? I mean, if you can capitalize on on that, that's part of being a good racer. Uh and that's why yep. I, I tell a lot of these riders, you don't have to be the best guy to win the race. You just got to figure out a way to get the job done and I had this talk with uh Trent earlier today, honestly, and and Trevor, you know, he he capitalized and did an awesome job getting that win. So, hats off to Trevor and Tom Drain in second was He's he's really impressive, man. I I've said it week in and week out, but he looked really good at Peoria. I mean that's a that's a track that you know it takes a lot of riders a few years, a couple years at least to to get a handle on. And he looked comfy right out of the gate. So yeah, he crushed it. Hats off to Tom. I know he's bummed he didn't get the win, but I mean getting a second is is solid. That's a freaking solid result. And and Cody Cop, he looked like the guy to beat all day, and he was visibly having issues with the motorcycle. I think the clutch was slipping or something. It was, you know, he was in control most of the day. And whatever happened there at the end, he just, I think he was thankful to get out of there with a third. Uh, You know, he he looked like the guy to beat all day. But then at the end of it, it was just like, you know, finish the race and get your points. So yeah, (laughs) solid, solid result for Cody, all things considered.
0: Yeah, and I, I have to agree with that. I think at this point in the season, um, Cody's in the mindset of get your points and get out. I know we're all competitors, and there's a lot of money to be made by winning these these races, but I think with Joe in his corner and his KTM team behind him, they're telling him, like, you know, you, know, you can't win the championship today, but you can certainly lose it, right? So get your points Um And I mean, with a bike that was, (laughs) you could see him on the starting line. He just had his head down and he was just like, he he was and like, I think he like tapped the bike, like saying, come on one more start. So it was, it was pretty funny uh, to watch the broadcast and to like hone in on Cody's like his, you know, the way he was, you know, acting and stuff. Cause he's pretty even keel on the bike or whatever, but you could see he was like willing the bike to just get one more start. And uh, no, yeah, that's, that's uh that's what champions do and um you know to go back real quick on trevor i wanted to say that 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 restart and it was almost a dash for the win um that's that was that was very impressive he you know i he didn't really care about hurt feelings he knew that it was a dash for the win and if there was a half inch open he was going to take it and uh you know he was like, we'll be friends later, but I got a race to win. So that was a that was a lesson for for those coming up in the ranks. Like, you know, there are times when you've just got to set aside the fact that you're friends with a lot of these people and and say, excuse me, get out of my way. So hats off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was uh like I said, those last few laps were interesting. And I saw something on Facebook today I wanted to bring up where because I actually texted you and I was like, Hey, did they line them up the right way? And And, yeah, I mean, it was – I watched both of these main events because there was questions on both of them. But it was – there was quite a big gap. Like, Max had just passed Drain, and Trent had just passed Bruner. But – and it's crazy looking at these results because Trevor won, and Trent got seventh. So, massive turn of events the last three laps. But, yeah, I mean, they, they, they lined them up the right way. I mean, once you revert back a lap, um they were where they were I mean the the leader was Mm. he was literally on the front straightaway I think uh headed towards the start finish when they threw the red flag so I went back and watched it in another half a second maybe they would have you know because at that point Trent had already put a second and a half on Trevor and Max Max actually had a sick pass around the outside of drain headed toward the jump. That was me and you know, yeah. Amber and, and Evan, we were watching and I was like, damn, that was sick, dude. That was a good pass, but it didn't really matter. I mean, the shake of in results is, is crazy. I mean Max ended up fourth. I know he's probably bummed with that. He's won here a couple one, once or twice and he won the dash. So I'm sure he's a little little bummed to get fourth. And then Dalton, Dalton ended up fifth. Uh, He was really kind of not in the picture all day, uh, at least in the main event. Uh, But then he slowly started creeping up there and, and then he capitalized a little bit on the restart as well. I think and managed a fifth chase with the sixth. Um, It's kind of funny to watch. I like, it's not funny, but it's entertaining to watch chase and Cody go at it. Um, Cody had passed chase in the heat race and Chase took a, he took a swipe up underneath of him and you could visibly see like Cody frustrated. And then, and then Cody got him back. And I I love that intensity between those two. It's, it's definitely entertaining. I mean, obviously Chase was pretty vocal um, after one of the events, I think it was Middletown. Uh, He was, you know, him and Cody have a, have a rivalry that goes back to the amateur days, but, yeah, I mean, it just—it just, it's just uh, a little bit of intensity is good. I talk about it a lot. Friendship Island is—it's—it's uh, it's very, it's, it's overpopulated in flat track, and uh, it's cool to see a little, yes. the little uh, personality between the the young bucks out there. <laughs> so, yeah, it was cool. And then, uh, and then Trent with a seventh—I was actually really impressed with Trent all day long, dude. I mean, he was he's not known to be amazing TT rider, but we've put in some work. Uh, when he came up to my house, we, we did a day of TT riding me, him and Cody. And he went out testing in Michigan for a couple of days, just trying to get better on the TTs. And honestly, I, before the red flag, he had a shot at the podium. He was, he was in fourth and and moving forward. And, uh, just, he, he, he didn't have a great restart. He didn't like to hear that from me today on the phone, (laughs) but, uh, he just had a, had a shitty restart. And that's, that's, it's part of racing, dude. That's sometimes on these restarts, you, you can, you can gain a lot or you can lose a lot. And unfortunately for Trent, he lost a couple spots.
0: Yeah, no, that was, um, <laughs> go back to the, the red flag. It just, it, it changed so much, but, um, you know, I going through one through seven now, you know, I talked about it earlier, if we looked at, uh, obviously the the red flag <clears throat> shook up a lot of it but who do you see um having had a better shot if it wasn't dug up um uh, versus um who did do pretty good like someone that i would think that would have done a little bit better is dalton who do you think that's someone that definitely jumps yeah. out at me They're like all right
1: yeah i mean dalton's good when it's like obviously like arizona tt was a groove and then he won that. And honestly, it was the class of the field there. And someone like Chad, somebody, even like Max, like when the track was grooved up, I think he was a little bit better. But honestly, Peoria, a lot of it is positioning. I mean, that track is very, very hard to pass on. I think aside from Castle Rock, which ironically enough, is another TT, Peoria is one of the hardest tracks to pass on all year long. And And, you know, you think you think it would be the opposite on these TTs because you have a front break. There's rights, there's a jump. But honestly, TTs are harder to pass on. I feel like Um, there's just a lot of single file riding around and where as far as the ovals, you can set people up better. But when you set somebody up in a left and then you got to go the opposite way, you know, into a right hander, it kind of, you know, it's counterproductive, really. So it's you almost kind of file, you know, file in. It's like a parade sometimes out there, and it can be really frustrating. But, um, yeah, because I yeah. saw that
0: Max was definitely trying to push the envelope. Um, you know, it was what was that the, the, the last set of corners? Um, you know, after the right hander, he throughout the, the main event, he kept going a little bit deeper, and I don't know if that was on purpose or if he was just um you know like he was like searching or if he just couldn't hit his marks coming out of it because he was pushing the envelope a little bit but that was one of the things that i definitely noticed is you know that sweeper right there you know where where uh, dallas was eventually going to tuck it um and kind of lay down right there that was that was kind of the make or break point for max it seemed in the main event
1: yeah it it definitely got dry like usually you can you can drift up and use that that cushion to kind of bite and drive off the last corner to the front straightaway and and even in, uh, turn one, you know, if you look at past races there, you know, the fast guys would drift up a little bit farther, but it grooved up and it got sort of dry there. And, you know, I saw max kind of, kind of getting hung out to dry in turn one a couple of times where he was, you know, trying to make something happen, being aggressive. And you kind of went backwards. It, You know, the, the longer the main event went on, the more you had to kind of use some discipline and, and get on the groove and shuffle in. But uh one rider who capitalized on their on their red flag and i you know usually i i I, he he doesn't (laughs) i'm gonna be hard on him but chad i mean he he was Mm -hmm. in 10th or 11th and he he squeaked out a few spots there at the end and i was super proud of that result he just wasn't super comfortable to get in with these top seven guys all day long but for him to kind of step up and pass a few guys there on the restart that's a little bit of a veteran experience and for him to take advantage of that. I was, that was pretty, pretty solid, solid eighth place for Chad and then Mishler ninth solid result for him. I think he got second here last year. So he's proven he can go a little bit better on this racetrack, but I don't think ninth is, is a bad result. And then we go on the 10th, Jared Lowe, another top 10 for Jared. He's, he's right there, man. And you know, I think uh, together a few more, a few more good results, building confidence, he's, he's right there as well. He's a pretty good TT rider. Jared is. So yeah, this result didn't surprise me much at all. Um, yeah, anything on those three, I mean, fill out the rest of the order here.
0: I got to think, uh, Morgan's, you know, pretty happy with the top 10. Um, he's had a rough season. I think it was, uh, the the last race too. He kind of showed, a little bit, right? Um, and then backing it up with another step in the right direction. So, I don't know what they're what they're changing in uh, his uh, his pit, but it's starting to work. So, hopefully, with uh, the last five rounds, he can get back up there. I know we got the car track coming up, um, kind of suits his style, but we'll we'll see.
1: Yeah, and I don't. I want to say Merg has won at Rapid City, but I'm not positive. I could be wrong. I know he's been on the podium there. But, yeah, he'll be very strong at Rapid City this weekend. Uh, I, I do want to make mention that from seventh on up, the riders, they were half a second, basically, maybe four and a half tenths quicker than everybody else below them. So there was a huge parity in the top seven to everybody else, um, which we see that a lot. We've talked about how how elite these top riders are and how, you know, how far back the ones – like halfway through – half the results in the main event it's just a huge gap in in talent yeah. level right now so um yeah so going into 11th was Aiden Roos Evans he's an Illinois guy uh solid result for for Rooster Evans Travis Pettin 12th he's this is where Travis lives man this ninth through 15th so you know he's always in there he's always in the mix uh I love the hat, the hat on backwards introductions. I'm going to, he's rolling with that. i I can appreciate the, 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 what is it? He's a snapback it's, guy, right? Yeah.
0: He's okay. uh he's snapback. Yeah. It's on brand, right? He knows his brand. He markets yeah. himself. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Companies you go get your, uh, get your, your logo on his, uh, his introduction hat there you go i so wish he shit.
1: i would he just it's like a Fred. he reminds me of fred durst like just i don't know no, why
0: don't get i think you might be getting confused with the canadian right the no canadian i know I know, I know i okay. know
1: bauer rocks the the fitted cap but for some reason he i did just, it all
0: for the nookie
1: i can see Petton walking out to yeah to some some limp biscuit man I, I we need walkout <laughs> songs honestly i Oh, Jesus. I think that would be, that'd be rad. We did it at winter throwdown and it was actually pretty awesome. The, uh, yeah, that was. That the one V one. Yeah, that was solid. Uh, Justin Jones is a steezy mofo over the jump. He, he jumps that <laughs> jump very well. And it was kind of funny in the LCQ, um, James odd. He's, he's probably one of the worser ones. I love you, James over the jump, but he was great everywhere else. And Jones was really good over the jump, but James uh, Ott would kind of squeak away in the other corners. And it was just like the opposite, you know, one guy really good over the jump and the other guy really good on the brakes, whatever. But Justin Jones, I think he's won Peoria in the past or he's gotten yeah. second. Um, And low key that that guy can ride that track very well. So for, yeah. for, for Justin, just yeah.
0: Total like uh, reckless abandon. I love it. It's yeah, uh, he,
1: dude, he's steezy over the jump like that. <laughs> like, he's a big, it's pretty big, funny. He's a big boy, and he freaking sends it. Like, it's did he you hear?
0: It. Uh, well, just speaking of that, did you hear James Ott's interview when uh, he was he basically said he was like, Yeah, I'm not as good over the jump, and I'll send it. <laughs> and then we talked yeah. about uh, Justin Jones just going, Fuck it, just
1: going yeah over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's you used to be able to make up a lot more time over the jump, but I talked about it with Chad. I think today it's like nobody's gaining that much over the jump anymore. Like there's riders like Briar who would noticeably was gaining a lot off the jump, but most of these singles guys, like even Ott being one of the worst over the jump and Justin Jones being one of the best, they weren't, he wasn't gaining more than maybe a bike length over the jump. I mean, for some reason you used to be able to gain a lot more over the jump than you can now. So
0: that reminds me of one of the things that I noticed. Um, it almost seemed like to go back up to the top max when he was uh hunting down trying to get up and i don't remember exactly which race it was it might have been the main but earlier on um he was hunting down one of the yamahas and he was noticeably better than drain over that jump right take it, but then like yeah. drains little ass would just like get out of the corner and go streaking down the straightaway yeah. and it was just like god like that's got to be so frustrating to know that just like you're hunting, you're up, 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 and then, bam, the little fucker gets away right there on the straightaway.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's underrated how good uh, Tom is on the brakes. He's got some road racing background, and he's really strong on the brakes. Um, but I will say, like, Max, Cody, Justin Jones, they look really good over the jump. They were they were yeah. actually gaining time over the jump, but the jump is a non-passing opportunity. So, realistically, yep. you're not going to pass over the jump unless you absolutely pull something out of your ass. So it's kind of useless being good over the jump. If you're in a pack of people, because you can't utilize that when someone's in front of you. Uh, So realistically, it's almost better to be, you know, there's more passing opportunities being good on the brakes and being good over the jump. If that makes sense, like you can pretty much, you can pretty much out, out front break somebody in the turn one. That's where most of the passes are done there. But uh, if you can get out front, obviously it's beneficial to be good over the jump, but know yeah it's um, a
0: it's good for the sport in terms of like that aspect of the tt is completely different than what we saw at chandler right where like you could you like being good over the jump helped you a lot like especially that front stretch jump um so yeah no it's very good insight for sure
1: appreciate it full of good insight (laughs) uh Yeah, yeah there you go just kidding uh, Olin Kistler in another main event. That's as a good for, good for him, man. I, yeah, he's he's his second TT main event he's made. So yep. we got Goddamn a damn sweetheart. Got a TT specialist on our hands, freaking putting her in yeah. these, in these TTs, and then he's his hometowns, Rasselcock, Washington. So he's he's fixing to go for three for three on TT main events this year. I don't, um, yeah. He, got, Olin,
0: he told me he's going to, he, he's going to make the main and he's going to get on the podium. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. Out oh, I was going to say I'm gonna, that'd be, uh, gonna...
1: that'd, be a, <laughs> that'd be a bold, uh, a bold prediction. I mean, maybe, I mean, castle rock is, it's a really hard track to pass on. I, I think a lot of riders could win there if they get a good start, but, um, yeah. no, he rode good, man. He's, uh, Yep. He, he didn't look great the first couple of practices. I don't know if he's ever ridden Peoria, but once he got comfortable, yeah, he he put it in the main without any issues and and rode well. Uh, I don't love his hat. Uh, we're on the topic of hats. That his uh, intro hat. I don't. I don't. What's going on with that? A fan we're, of it? No, I don't. It didn't okay. like fit him the right way or something. I I want to see Owen wear. Um, I'd love to see him with a backwards cap on for for mm-hmm. rider intros. Yeah, he just. We just—he looks really innocent and nice. Like he's just a really nice. Yeah. I want to see more he like is. a like a teardrop tattoo or something, and a hat, backwards hat, um or something. Just, just to sh- just to shake him up a little bit. Maybe throw a water. Well,
0: he still has to shop light a cigarette at, like... up
1: on the starting on the thing or. Something. Well, yeah,
0: but he he's growing, you know, and he's like four years old, so he has to still stop at, you know, Gap Kids. So <laughs> it's a limited uh, selection for what little baby Olin can uh, can wear. But we'll. Uh... I always
1: wanted Shana to uh, walk out on opening ceremonies like a few years ago and throw a wad of like the be beef jerky, but like pretend it's chew and just throw like a big old dip in and fucking walk out to the starting line. But she obviously she she doesn't like fun things. But I think it'd be cool to. I don't know. One of these riders, like I might, I might, I don't know. I just want to see, like, I want to be entertained during rider introductions and most of the time I'm like cringing. I feel embarrassed for for a lot of them, but, um, yeah, whatever.
0: Helmet gives number one sign walks away.
1: Just holding the helmet up, like throwing it three different ways and then pointing to it and walking away. And I don't know. I just want to see something (laughs) different. Me and Cody, we, we talked about it a lot. We were, we had a little skit we were going to do at Bridgeport, but, uh, yeah, but then he
0: dyed his hair blonde and he had to go to timeout.
1: He was kind of sucking that day, so I wasn't gonna celebrate walking <laughs> out with a, a skit. He needed he needed to focus on on the race. But uh, <laughs> all right, so fifteenth, Cole Zabala, another Illinois rider. James Ott with the sixteenth. It was cool to see James get in the get in the main event there and get some points. Blake Steinwagner. He is from Illinois as well. I think he took his provisional, but. He got in there and and got some points. Declan Bender, another Illinois guy. We had freaking six seven riders from Illinois in this main event. It was cool to.
0: It's like the race was in Illinois or something.
1: Yeah, possibly. Um, <laughs> but Declan, yeah, I mean, he's trying to make up ground in the rookie points. Um,
0: I How did think... like I? Where is where are the standings for the rookies? Because it's like Declan. Has made – I mean, I know he makes it, and then he's, like, towards the bottom. So it's not like he's making a lot of points per round, but – He's probably if made it more is main
1: then yeah, Eisenhard, but Eisenhard did really good at Daytona. I mean, yeah. if you yeah. would – honestly, dude, like, I'm not taking anything away from these, these triple digits or these rookies, but if somebody really, really fast came in, and let's just say they came in right now and they won the last two races, they'd win rookie <laughs> of the year points because they'd have – I want to say Eisenhard might have 35 to 42 points without looking. I'm looking at the results. I think he's probably in that ballpark. And if you win, you obviously, what is it? 25 points. So yeah, I mean making the main events is cool, but like for Declan, he got one point. So it doesn't really, it's hard to make up time, you know, make up ground in the points when, you know, you get 16th or worse it's, you know, two, three points. It's like, you know whatever um but if you go out and you yeah. get if you get a 10th or a ninth or whatever the fucking math is it's 10 points so well you the have other to thing have, too is like yeah.
0: Eisenhardt has 40 points and tom drain has 228 so going open <laughs> yeah, up that can yeah. of worms
1: we we talk about on the pod a lot i think they actually mentioned it on the broadcast scotty threw yeah. a little like subtle hey he's technically a rookie <laughs> it's like yeah i agree with you so anyway um faran Ferran had a had a tip over and dude it uh his arm didn't look good when he got up and he kind of like shrugged off his mechanic um and i was yeah, he like, was not happy no <laughs> i was like yeah i think i think Ferran broke his arm and then sure enough without talking to anybody he uh i saw that he ended up looks like he broke his arm and i don't know it was i forget the bone name but yeah he, he might have a fractured wrist or fractured arm so that sucks for Ferran he's He's really fun to watch. Talking about good on the brakes, there's nobody in this class that's better on the brakes than Ferran. Uh, He's so good on the brakes. I thought he would be a little bit bit faster, but honestly, his best lap in the main was a 26-8, and Bruner, Drain, they were 26-9s. I mean, the only one who had a faster time were uh, Cody and Max. I mean, Ferran had the third fastest lap in the in the main event, I think he was moving forward and, uh, I don't know what happened. I don't think they showed how he crashed, but yeah, sucks for Ferran, man. I I like watching him ride. He's, he's a problem. Like he's very, very good. And I don't think he's been able to showcase what he's capable of. I don't think he's won a race yet. I think he's been on the podium a couple of times, but he's very, very capable and deserving of, uh, of getting a win here one of these years. So yeah, he's a great rider.
0: Yeah, it's well, you know, it's also tough for him because, I mean, (laughs) in the
1: podcast they were talking about uh,
0: how he flew over and he used the seat on his bike as a pillow to sleep in Brad's garage. Uh, You know, it's when you fly all across the world to come to these races and stuff and you don't get a time to like, uh, I'm about to go full nerd here, Corey, when you don't get to reset your circadian rhythm, which is basically your sleep clock you know, like all of the, you know, endurance as an athlete, it gets thrown out the window. Your body is like reaction. It's like reacting to everything that's going on instead of capitalizing on it. And I just wonder what it would be like if Ron was able to come over here for a full season and, and, you know, do these races. And I know he spent quite a few time over here, but like, like a full season, you know, where he's not going back and forth. I just wonder what it would be like. Cause I know he's, he's, he's a talented rider.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the, I don't know any of that, but yeah, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's fast for sure. Uh, looking at the points here, Cody's got 40 points uh, over Bruner who we've talked about, but he has not finished worse than sixth all year, which is crazy. I think it's sixth is 25, 21, 18, 16, 15, 14. Yeah. He he's got like five sixth place finishes, but he hasn't finished worse than sixth all year. So he's he's got two thirty three. Draney is behind him with five. He's five off of Bruner. And then Sathoff is at two twenty four. Max whale two twelve Trent two oh nine and Gautier, Gautier 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 go time. He's at two oh two so yeah I, I think I mean, for Cody, I think the goal for Cody is obviously go into Springfield
0: with a healthy
1: points lead. But if he could wrap it up in Castle Rock at his home track, I think he's got to have a 50-point gap to do that, and that's very possible. Um, But it's not going to be easy, obviously. Like Trevor goes very well at Black Hills. Drain will be good there. Chase, Max, Trent, Dalton, Mishler. Chad's one there. Shayna's won there. James, you know, like car tracks now. There's so many riders who are good at that at that track. It's it's yeah. actually crazy. Um, looking at the list here, so it won't be easy, but he could definitely do it. Where he could get 50 points going in the Springfield. It's no secret the KTM. It's a little bit slower than the than the Yama Dogs and uh, Hondas, but like I said before, I think KTM they've done a better job with uh with their mile package and he's not gonna suck at springfield and one thing about springfield too it's more of a, a momentum racetrack where yeah. i don't think horsepower is as important like you got to get off the corners there so yeah i uh but i think cody's goal is to try and obviously wrap it up early um but i mean shit that's everybody wants to do that they don't want the stress of a of a last race points battle but uh yeah it's a lot of a lot up for grabs is- still
0: I'm going to ask you to shoot from your hip on this one, but in years past, can um, you think of uh, championships that were wrapped up uh, with multiple rounds to go? And if you can, what are kind of some of the ones that kind of call out to you? Um, you, Are there any that you can think of where like X rider had it wrapped up with this many rounds to go that um, yeah. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, for the rider it's it's what you want you want to take the stress off your plate i mean i think i think the earliest we've wrapped up a title i think Meese wrapped it up like three or four races early i want to say it was 17 or 18 uh he won by so many points that year i'm actually going to look up actually now that we're on the on the topic here he wrapped it up really early and it makes it boring, um, but also it's good for the rider. I'm looking here, and 2018, he won. He had 366 points. Second place had 273. I mean, he wrapped it up. I mean, that's a huge, huge points points uh, a, a gap in the points. And also Dallas Daniels. I want to say 2020. Yeah, he had 283 points and max had 215 so he wrapped it up two races early um and 2021 i wrapped it up two races early which was awesome um it it was like Big, way go. way less stressful <laughs> for me um
0: your wrap game is good you wrap it up
1: yeah and sometimes i do sometimes i don't um but yeah i want i mean i had 313 and then coast had 228 but um but I won SAC both races that year and, and wrapped it up. It, it made the last, uh, it wouldn't be bad if like it was back to back to back weekends. But uh, I think that year we had like a four week gap in between SAC and Charlotte. And if you're in a points battle and you have to wait three weeks to, to, you know, go after it, whether you win or lose, just sitting around thinking about it for week after week that part of it was the worst. Cause that's what happened to me in 2019. I had a pretty close points battle and just thinking about it was, it just sucks to fucking think about. It. It's like, let's just do this. Like win or lose. I just want to get it over with. Um, and yeah, so that's, I mean, it looks like the twins are going to be, they're going to be locked in pretty tight here, but for the singles, it's, it's starting to look like, uh, it's Cody's Cody's to lose at this point.
0: Yes, sir. All right. So I'm to talk, uh, want talk twins.
1: Let's talk twins. Um, So it's no secret Peoria gets the lowest rider turnout of the year as far as twins go. And that's just with TTs, like not a lot of riders. We already struggle with twins entries. And then a lot of the guys, they don't want to beat and bang their, their own personal bikes on these TTs. I mean, foot pegs break, exhaust break, uh, frames have broke, have broken in the past on TTs. So it's hard to put together a good TT package on a twin. Uh, you just have to reinforce everything, and buying the you know the the Brembo brakes that a lot of these guys are using, they're not cheap. I mean the caliber and everything else. It's a couple a couple thousand dollars setup to to um, to get the front brake you need for for these motorcycles. So it's a huge expense going into this. But fifteen riders, Eric. Uh, I'll let you go first. I'll let you talk top three.
0: Yeah, no, it was uh, what we've been saying every uh, week leading up to this. It was JD, JD's race. Um, I I will say, uh, and he even admitted to it, that he didn't look his normal JD self uh, for a majority of the day. It's kind of like he just said, all right, it's main event time. Let's go. But I was worried. I was like, shit, <laughs> somebody else might actually get this. He's not looking JD-like. But uh, he ended up getting it done, was tucked forward like the JD dog. He just looks like when JD is on a TT or just a track, he's comfortable. He looks like a fucking robot. Like his body like positioning is flawless. Like he's just, He just looks like a different rider. And then followed up with Breyer. Um Yeah, I mean, what can you say? It's got a million horsepower and a million torque, like he says. And he got it done. Um, like you were talking about in the dash for cash, that was pretty cool to see. He just sent it around the end and got it to work but in uh the main event looked like it got away from him a little bit you know and they dug up that track and whatnot but i i had another second place on a brand new bike uh he can't be too uh too sad about that one and then the season saver third place that's what we're going to call jared's effort on uh sunday he even said it on the podium that uh he knew he wasn't on the, gonna get on the podium unless something happened but that's uh That's racing, right? There's no note section. He got third place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. JD. I didn't think he looked bad. I just think everybody else has gotten better at Peoria and for JD, I think he won that race when he got the old shot. I mean, I, I think getting out front, especially when the track gets a little dry, you can kind of control the race a little bit. You're not overriding trying to keep up with the rider in front of you. You can, um, just kind of dictate the race. And that's definitely it looked like what JD did. Uh, once the other riders sort of lost that gap, they sort of started, they stopped charging. It looked, it looked like. Um, once JD got a hold of kind of a hold of the race, he kind of deflated the other riders a little bit. Uh Briar was only he was less than a tenth slower than JD, his best lap I think Briar could have gave him a run if he would have got off better in the main event, but uh, I don't think his start was great. No, I think he was, he's got to, he's got to
0: work on getting off better.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, Fuck. Uh, He, yeah. I mean, he, he won the dash. He got out front and won the dash uh, and looked comfortable. He kind of got away from everybody, but in the main event, he was behind Dallas and just couldn't make anything happen. And JD, JD snuck away and, JD definitely stepped it up in the main and once JD has control of a race on a TT, you know, he's good on all parts of the racetrack. He's good on the brakes. He's good on the, he's good over the jump. He's, you know, all parts of that racetrack, JD does very well. And yeah, he just, he's got another win and I don't know how many TT wins he has now, but man, he's gotta be creeping up there with, uh, I mean, Wiles has, he's got a lot but jd wins a lot of tts so it could get interesting here for the tt record in a few years i think if jd keeps this up so hats off to jiggy dog he's a good dude man i like to see jd do well briar how old is jd uh i think he's shana's age like 30 31 maybe um okay yeah because
0: i know with the goatee you always look 40 years old so (laughs) i don't know how oh he's born in 91 so JD. Yeah, hey Shane's yeah. age.
1: Yeah, they're same age. I think 30. Ah, they might be 32. 31, 32. Yeah. I right, 32. Yeah, uh. Got some years left. Yeah, yeah, of course. And JD's going to race till he's 50. I I'm I don't know, <laughs> yeah, honestly. He's he's he yeah, he's going to race till he's 50. Uh Briar Briar looked great. I, I thought going into this it was, you know, I thought Briar was my pick to win. I thought he he's been riding really good during the week and Uh, he looked great. The, I think the track being a groove, it it hurt him more than, than anybody else. It looked, um, it looked like off of the last corner, that thing was spinning a lot more than anybody else, but he looked really good over the jump into the right-hander. I mean, there was multiple times where he'd lose, he'd lose a gap to Dallas, the run up the jump, and then he would gain four or five bike lengths off the jump into the right hander, and Dallas isn't slow off the jump he's very good off the jump as well um but you know, like i said earlier the jump it's it's not a passing opportunity so you pretty much make up ground there but you can't you can't make any passes over the jump and uh Breyer ended up second uh the restart got do we do we talk about the restart now how do we how do we do that how do we how do we tackle this um
0: uh let's uh Let's just go through. I want to give a shout out to Vandercoy, uh real quick, before we get to uh, Dallas, because Vanderkoy, I thought this was kind of one of the better he's looked in a long time. So I don't. I mean, I saw. Yeah, he's still two and a half seconds off, Um, or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to give a special shout out to Vanderkoy before we get to the possum.
1: Yeah, good job, uh, JV, 20, man. Yeah, JV yeah. with the uh, with the solid result. He actually passed Meese. And one, and one, I think it was the heat race, right? Was that the heat race? He he went by Nice and then Jared got him and then back. He,
0: well, then he ended up doing that again in the main event there. It was a little earlier on in the race. I'm like, God damn, you are going to, you're going to be uh, that guy that gets in the way of the championship. Hell yeah, let's go. But um, not to be at the very end. But no, it was definitely good to see Vandercoy, uh doing well on that bike. He's a good rider.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I've, I've been, you know, wanting Jared to get up in there. Cause I know what he's capable of. And I said, going into this, like you can expect Vanderkoy to be in the top five at Peoria cause he's just a good TT rider and he, there's no lack of send from JV 20. And yeah, he, he makes it up and and got a fourth. He's, he's creeping up closer to to those top four riders. And obviously I kind of skipped over me. he got third. Uh, I think like you said, he'll, he'll take the third and, and get out of there. But at one point in practice and qualifying, I was like, damn, Jared might win this today. Cause he, He ran down Dallas in one or two of the qualifiers, he was right there with Dallas and Briar. And I think he qualified first. Maybe it was like one of the practices as well. And, and he lost a little bit of speed there in the, in the heat main event, but yeah, he'll take a, he'll take a third. I mean, after what happened at, at Arizona TT and yeah, it's one of those things. And we'll talk about, let's get into the kind of the red flag and crash, man. I'll, I'll let you go. And then I'll chime in, but what a turn of events. I was sitting there, we were watching the race, me and Amber and Evan. And when Dallas crashed, my, my literally, my jaw dropped. And I just looked at, it. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, that's a huge turn of events with four races left in the schedule. Um, with two laps to go coming to the white flag, that was, that was huge. And I got some thoughts on it, but I'll let you chime in and then I'll, I'll I yeah, up. I, I, i
0: am a very opinionated person and so hold your horses on this one but i i will say that i did feel bad for the kid like you know he's you know an incredible rider on the on the cusp of doing um you know something amazing for this season and um it's just not what you want to see it's like god damn it like it just it was a bummer to see but i was not a fan of the lay down and stay down i think aft even tried to call his bluff and say we're not going we're not going red get up and he didn't and my thing is if if a rider stays down but then somehow all of a sudden they get back up and they get on the bike and they they do well in the race i at the end would just like for the governing body to call bullshit on somebody that does that um, I know I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this, but it's just my opinion as an athlete um you've lapped half the goddamn field, right? know the rules, just get up and keep racing like i i it's not like i mean he threw he threw the bike away, right if he gets back up, honestly, he probably finishes about where he does at the end anyway, so um, I just thought it lacked kind of situational awareness. Um, and then the other complaint that I have is definitely, and I've had some people say that, Oh, I don't know if it's a rule like that anymore Then I had. Some people tell me that, no, it's still a rule the whole, like two minutes to fix your bike. And you, but then you can only have two mechanics working on a bike to get the bike set back. Um, it's just, it's this gray area that AFT loves to live in and someone that's former military. It's one of my things. I can't live in the gray area. So I I bang my head against the wall because it's like, do the same goddamn thing every time to the letter of the law and stop living in the gray area, live by the precedent that you've set in the past, because, you know, what they what they do or don't do isn't the same the next time they do it. And again, this doesn't go back necessarily to Dallas like he's a hell of a writer, Um, but the The way that it was handled in the pits and stuff like I, that I have a a problem with, but then what does go back to Dallas is I, I think laying down was kind of the wrong move. Like get up, you're like 27 laps up on everybody. You're going to finish where you're going to finish anyway. So um, yeah. What do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, man, that's a loaded question. Um, So when he crashed his, I think he broke his shifter. So I don't know if he would have been able to, to get back up and finish, regardless. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm a racer. I, I wasn't in that situation. I don't know what how he felt when he crashed. I mean, I think he only only he knows knows how he felt. But I'm not gonna fully disagree. Like, I don't think it was a hard enough fall to where. I mean, he's he's totally cartwheeled down that front straightaway on a single. Yeah, and got back up and. <laughs> and finish. So it's hard to say where you're at in the moment. I mean, he, he is young and he's battling for a title and it's hard to, hard to say. Um, But I, I mean, I, I kind of go back to Jared Meese at Arizona TT. I mean, he tipped it over and got back up and, and kept going. So I don't know. I mean, it didn't look like it was a hard crash, but at the same time, I'm not him and nobody is, is him. So we don't fully know. I mean, his airbag suit went off. So Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a tough call. I didn't love it, but it's hard for me to fully speak on it. Think of Um, it like
0: this though. Like if he gets back up, like, I don't care if the bike isn't running or doesn't run. He just pulls off the track. He's a lap up and they're going to the white flag. Once JD finishes his lead lap, boom, it's done. So like, yeah, he, he squeaked out a couple extra points at fifth, but I mean, there were only
1: what seven guys in the lead lap. Six guys in
0: the lead lap. And that's another thing
1: too. I saw um, somebody said, well, they lapped, the leader lapped the rider. If you take, if you take the lap away and restart them, then three riders would have got their lap back. And the best he would have been able to finish then would have been eighth. I think he was referring to um, Johnny Lewis, Davis Fisher, Ben Lau, but I watched the race where we came on the podcast and they, the, the thing that helped Dallas in this situation is honestly his teammate JD. I, I, they waited a little bit there to call the red flag. And I think when they called it, they didn't show, excuse me. They didn't show JD going across the finish line. The cameras were fixated on Dallas, but where he crashed was obviously, obviously the last corner. He had a four, JD had like a four second lead. I think he crossed the line before, they threw the red flag. And if you watch the video, he passed Johnny Lewis was behind JD going across the start finish. He actually, like Johnny, once JD was ahead of him, Johnny looked back. They saw they it showed on the camera, like JL10 looking back to see who else was there. And he was clearly ahead of them. So I don't think AFT made the wrong call with that. I think that's probably the call that they like. If you revert back a lap, that's what the rule book says. I don't know what the rule is for 69 people working on the motorcycle. Um, I know for a long time, it was a rule where you only had two people. I don't know if that's a rule anymore. And honestly, I think that rule is stupid as hell. If if you can get 20 people in there working on your bike, I don't think there should be a, a limit for people working on the bike. Now, if it is a rule then they should obviously follow the rule book. Um, that's one thing I want to piss people off, but I feel like AFT doesn't do a great job with, uh, they're very finicky with the rule book. I've been on the raw deal of that this year with some gray area rules. And I think the more you can eliminate those gray areas, the less problems you have. Um, they need to tighten up on some of the, some of the rule book there. Um, but I will say also in that same breath, it's the rider's responsibility and the team, the teams to understand the rule book, like people bitching about, if that's not a rule and people are bitching about it, then they should know the rule book too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was a, I was a, a huge turn of events and I think Dallas, he, you know, he got, he's probably, okay with how this turned out obviously he didn't want to oh, crash sure. and he would have taken the second but for the thing that the crash i go back and to, still get a fifth is is uh it's just a weird time for the sport right now so
0: yeah it, it's just it's just the gray area that like is always lurking it's like this black cloud that hangs over this goddamn sport of like oh you know that's we're gonna do it this way but not do it that way i mean look at, i mean what was it a couple years ago when uh the gray area caused Maxwell, basically a championship with what happened in the Springfield short track. Uh,
1: that was, like, that was such a bad rule. Yeah. That's, that was a bad one. Um, so
0: I don't, yeah. I don't want that to factor in to this incredible battle between the young buck and the old guard, right? Like what <laughs> an awesome storyline with Dallas and Jared. Like I just, I don't want somebody else in their interpretation or lack thereof, an understanding of a gray area to uh, influence what happens on the track. That's what gets me so riled up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, I don't, I don't fully disagree with a lot of your thoughts on that whole deal. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's part of racing. And I mean, on this, in the same breath for Dallas, I mean, he's got to do what he's got to do to try and minimize the, the damage and take as many points as he can. I mean, when it comes to a championship, you know, you do whatever you can to get that championship or battle and he's got to do what he's got to do. So I, um, I wasn't, I'm not in that situation. I, I don't know how I personally would have acted as a racer, but I fully understand all sides of it. And um, that's why I'm not being too, too judgmental on on the whole yep. situation because I'm I wasn't in that situation um I can only imagine Yeah, and I'm
0: just the uh Monday morning quarterback that can be the <laughs> Colin cowherd and have opinions and know that I would no, never be able to do what
1: that's fine like I mean it's like again it goes back to people you know shitting on the pot or not shitting like you don't have to listen I mean it's good that we have these discussions it, it helps grow the sport good or bad I mean Having a platform to listen and and discuss is, yep. and if you guys want to chime in and offer your input, definitely comment on our socials, like comment on Facebook oh, yeah. and Instagram, and um, you know, none of this anonymous bullshit. Like, you know, the the review was anonymous, <laughs> and come on, like, grow a sack. Like, it's cool to have a re- like, a, it's cool to have an opinion, but like, just like stand like who you, who you are, and just um, let's go. Like, we're not hurting our feelings. I mean, it's cool to have. <laughs> it's cool to have a a discussion and you know, there's multiple times where I'm just like, all right, well, that's, you know, it's all good. And, and another thing for, for you guys on social, you can say your opinion and you don't have to finish it with just my two cents. No shit. (laughs) It's your two cents. You're the one who said it. Like all these old boomers, man, they, they say something and it's, just my two cents. Okay. We we don't, you don't need the we know it's just your two cents. Like, you don't have to say. I that. also love when they, <sighs>
0: uh, when they structure everything as a question. It's like, I know what you're saying. Like, <laughs> God damn it. Like, don't, don't do that. Don't you do that. Don't you ask me a question. Tell me what you're thinking. Tell just me just my two cents. opinion
1: or just my two cents. It's like, we know it's coming from <laughs> your page. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. We love, and hate Facebook, um, Henry Wiles, King Henry, man. He was, it was cool to see him back in the mix. I, I didn't, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, he's won there so much and what, and you've heard it from JD and Breyer and Mies, the respect they've given Henry for being so dominant at that racetrack. And he's got nothing to prove, um, for him to go out there and, and put in his laps. He, he missed the first practice. They were saying something about saving his bike or something. I, I don't know what was going on with, uh with skipping the first practice. I mean, I don't think he's ever rode an Indian there. So I think the extra laps would have been beneficial, but he just, he was just off of these, of these especially the top four, but um he was just a little off from where they were, but sixth is good. I mean, it's not a bad result at all. He's, he's an amazing rider and it's, it's awesome to have him out there, but yeah, he just, uh, I just, he just was off the top riders. Like they were so fast. Um, but and he had a
0: faster, uh, best lap than Vandercoy. Yeah, so, I see that. He's yep. definitely still got it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's unfair to think one guy is going to win forever and ever and ever. I mean, he, he's sixth place against all these, these top riders. He's still, he's still a great rider, but I'm sure oh, yeah. he's. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't. I don't talk to Henry. I don't know if he's bummed or what, but uh, I'm sure he's fine with the result. I mean, that the Indians definitely a different animal than than some of the other twins he's ridden. I, I think he'd be better, honestly, on a on a parallel twin like a Yamaha or the KTM. I think, especially on the TTS, I think it fits his his riding style more. He's got a lot of moto in him, and uh, you know he's really good on four fifty. So I think I think the Indian is. It's just. Um, it's not like it's not right up his alley i think he would have done better on a on a yamaha with that being said do i think he could he can win again at this race i'm not sure but it'd be interesting to see him get on like a like an essenson bike or or something and see where he'd be but yeah it's cool to see henry back out there I'm, the fans love henry and peoria the uh the push-up victory victory lap push-up thing <laughs> it, it'll it'll go down in infamy it's uh they they posted it on the on the page the other I day <laughs> it's funny going
0: to work on your form henry we got to work on it i know your form. the
1: form wasn't good i didn't want to say that i didn't want to chime in cuz i i've never won peoria but uh <laughs> uh yeah it was <laughs> kind of yeah form was a little off but hey when you win peoria 69 times you, you can do get, whatever the dude. fuck you want yeah. Yeah, so yeah, uh JL10 sure. 10 with the 7th place production twins guy uh not bad not bad for jail. No, definitely about, not a
0: bike. Yeah. I think uh,
1: about where I thought he'd be, honestly, yeah. seventh, eighth. Um, wouldn't have surprised me to see him, you know, fifth, sixth, but I think seventh is solid on that, on that motorcycle. Davis Fisher with the eighth Ben Lau. Ben's done. He's one pure. No, he's got second. I think he's second. He's got a few seconds at Peoria, a few podiums at least, but yeah, Ben was ninth. Brandon Robinson. He had some pretty decent times earlier on the day. He kind of, He's got a a top
0: ten on a TT, right? So
1: he's not that bad on TTs. Like I I think he (laughs) he makes the narrative that he's worse on TTs than he actually is. I mean, and honestly, (laughs) that's probably affecting his performance. Like I think confidence is huge on TTs. Um, The more confident I got on TTs, the better I the better I got. I mean, you got to go into it thinking you're fast and you're gonna do better. Um, I think I think being comfortable and being confident is a huge uh benefit benefit on a tt um you know there's guys who finish well on tts who are just really confident like they think they're better on tts than they are and then they finish better so yeah I th- I'd, I'd like to see b rob put his nuts on the tank and go out and win castle rock b rob i think he can do it dude so some confidence <laughs> uh Brombo man I was bummed with Brombo I thought Bronson would have been a, a little bit better Uh, just didn't have the speed I, I didn't talk to him but maybe the bike was you know he struggled with the motorcycle but Bronson's had some really good results at Peoria I mean he's stuck with Briar there one year on the Indian where they had a crazy battle um Colby 12th he was on my my old motor scooter and yeah I he's a Peoria kind of native now he's well, not native, but he lives in Peoria, so yeah, short drive down the road for Colby. Twelfth, Ryan Wells really struggled, man. I I don't know what was going on there, but he was significantly kind of off the pace yeah. all all day long. I mean, it was tough to watch. Uh, Wellsy, I think he he won or almost won a heat race there last year. So yeah, that was tough to watch. Uh, Billy Ross, something mechanical, I think, with Billy's motorcycle. And then uh, Casey Sisko, uh, rounding out the pack, he also had a mechanical. It looks like he only did five laps, or it says interval yeah. five laps, or is that – I don't know how many laps he did, but, yeah. Not all of them. Definitely not all of them. Let me look here. I'm actually curious how that works. Oh, shit, I'm turning my volume up. Hold on a second. Uh, Cisco did five laps. So, yeah, that's what that means. He did five laps. I uh, want to give a shout out to a few sponsors before we keep this rolling. Moto America, there was a lot of really good racing at at Brainerd over the weekend. PJ Jacobson got his first win on the BMW and Superbike. He's a former former flat track racer. I guess he still probably rides flat track, but cool to see him get his first win. And um, Bobby Fong, my buddy Fonger, he got a win on the bagger. Hayden Gillum got a few wins. Another flat tracker. I'd have to go back and look look at the results, but there was a lot of really really good racing at uh yeah at but jesse's whatever. not there so i don't i don't you know you can't you,
0: it, with jesse not racing you can't yeah, count I the know. results there's going to be an asterisk
1: for the rest of the year and the you know in the baggers <laughs> we are bombed with uh i, like oh, to I know him, i like to call him jj one but yeah he had a hard get off <laughs> on the on the bagger dude and those things are brutal and you know if people listening if you want to support jesse he He destroyed his femur, destroyed his face. Um, If you want to support Jesse, you can go on and the class of 70 or yeah, class of 79 back on track. You have, you also have a fundraising effort, I think, right. You have one on back on track as well. So yeah, yeah, help these guys out, man. They uh, you're out of work for a while, off and on out of work. Jesse was missing work. So if you can go on and back on track, support, support our guys, support Eric, support Jesse, everybody that man, it's just, you know, insurance, whatever, it just missing work and golly, it's it is it's a it's not it's not it's not a good deal at all. So if you're able to twenty dollars, fifty dollars, hundred dollars, go on and, and support support the boys and get them back, get them back 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 on it. But yeah, also dude, uh Josh Hayes, he broke the all time win record Moto America, which is really yeah, he broke it over the weekend. I don't know how many wins he has, but he broke the the all time win record, and it was a big moment for for Josh Hayes. He won the Super Sport race. Oh, and Tyler Scott won the second day, so another flat tracker, dude. We uh, we gotta get Tyler Scott on at some point too on this podcast. That'd be an entertaining. I want to.
0: So. I want to. I want a Tyler Scott Chase off redo at Winter Throwdown. Maybe even Hagerstown. I don't know. We, we need a I one v one.
1: Yeah, we didn't have uh, Tyler. I don't think he was allowed or whatever. He didn't. He was at Winter Throwdown, I think. Yeah, he was. He was there, but he wasn't allowed to race. So, man, I'd love to throw him in the King of Throwdown next year. Our one v one race. That'd be him and me. So, like we we had a really good event last year, but we were missing a couple heavy hitters that would have been super inter entertaining. To, um, you know, I don't know if Tyler listened to our podcast, but uh, this is for Tyler. Sadoff was talking mad shit on you that you know you were scared to show up last year, and he won the he won the one verse one throwdown, and and you were just I guess you were scared, Tyler. So I don't know. that's just what I big scared, big no, scared. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: I mean and we'll get it, the uh, the parents of the pit battle royale this winter yeah. too.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There we got to go. have the mom, the mom fights and <laughs> bring out the coleslaw. <laughs> cool. uh, yeah. uh, where are we at with this? Let me thank. Uh, oh yeah. I was shouting out the sponsors, Moto America. Um, we went from plugging Moto America to moms wrestling and coleslaw. Um, Moto America, appreciate everything they do for the sport. Pittsburgh is next up. We have mini cup that weekend. It's my birthday weekend, August 18th, 19th, Pittsburgh international raceway. Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, 19-inch, 17-inch tires, off-road, street, anything you guys need, Dunlop is your go-to. Check out their website, DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, commercial industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience. Check out Jerry's website, CommercialRoofSystems.net. Jerry's the man, keeps us rolling. Day one sponsor on the pod. Uh, Let's look at the points here, bruh. Let's see what we got oh big one point job what are your thoughts dude what's what's it looking like
0: uh oh shit yeah god damn that is that's crazy boom i (laughs) there's so many different tracks coming up that lines up with either one of those racers between Mies and daniels god damn that's insane uh (laughs) yeah yeah i I I don't know the only thing i can think about is that it would be a lot easier to make a decision or a guesstimation if it wasn't for castle rock and because of castle rock you open the door to briar and jd to just wreck house and it's going to be a wild dash to the finish for sure
1: yeah, and I mean, I know, I know the answer to this, but so say say J- <laughs> JD's gonna freaking just shake his head. Say JD's winning Castle Rock, Dallas is in second. Uh, is, there's no scenario right where JD lets Dallas win, right? I mean, if what, what if is, Castle what Rock we... was what <laughs> if Castle Rock was the last race on the schedule, JD was winning and Dallas was in second.
0: I mean, I JD know would win. JD would not. He's a machine, like I said earlier in the podcast. When I don't JD's think on the there's track, a
1: scenario where no. JD doesn't. I mean, yeah, there's no scenario, right? I'm just bringing it up. I'm just bringing it up. No, there's no. Scenario. Is this the
0: point in the 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 podcast where you put the conspiracy hat on?
1: No, I mean it's not crazy it's, to think uh, about. I mean it's happened in Supercross where I think it was Marv Marvin Muscan pulled over for Cooper Webb or. I forget what it was, but it was a visible, he pulled over, gave up the win to a rider that was oh. in the points. So what uh, would Corey Texture do? I'm what fucking winning. Do? I don't care if it's yeah. Cruz or Shayna. I'm I'm winning the race. <laughs> if if you have We're an opportunity <laughs> No, I I'll I'll slow up and T-bone him just for getting near me. Um no, I think if 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 you have an opportunity to win an AFT race, those don't come easy. No matter what class you're in, those do not come easy. And I think if JD was in second and Dallas was in third, maybe, maybe that becomes a discussion. But even then, I don't think they're wired that that way. And I think that would take away the blue collar integrity of flat track. I mean, you'll see it in moto and road racing, but that shit's just different than what we have in flat track. I mean, I don't think that I
0: think the fans would burn whoever did that alive at the stake,
1: you know, I mean,
0: honestly, and I, I don't, and I'm saying this because I don't agree with it, but if you go back to a number of years ago, when Bronson won his race, I can remember to this day, following along on on Facebook and be like, oh, I think I think Breyer let up. I'm like, no, he didn't. Bronson had drive out of the corner, and they had nothing for him. They were wheel spinning. Well, I think it was like Laconia or something like that. But I mean, you. I mean, just a you. You kind of got a taste of it right there. What the old salts would do if someone pulled up and let somebody else win. That's a they different scenario. Alive.
1: I think, you think where, okay. Yeah. Cause uh, Bronson was leading and Breyer. Yeah. I mean, you take a gamble, you win the race or you crash and he almost a looped it around. If you go back to that famous clip yeah. of Briar at Laconia where he literally ran it, he spun the bike completely backwards and saved it. Um, yeah. And I don't think a lot of people know, I don't even know if I'm allowed to drop it on the pod, but he was racing with pins in his wrist. I mean, he was the fact that he even, you know, that's right before he shattered his wrist. And the fact that he even raced that event, it's the most underrated thing that's ever happened in the sport. Briar finishing second at Laconia with, uh, pins in his wrist. I mean, how, how gnarly that racetrack was. So I don't think it mattered if it was Bronson or anybody else. I think he was very content with taking a second that day. Um, for sure, for sure, but if if he didn't have pins in his wrist and you know it was like a no point situation, then yeah, he he probably would have went for it. But yeah, that was that's like middle in the year. I mean, it's a de- it's definitely a different game plan for all these riders when you're beginning of the year and at the end of the year. Um, you know, at the beginning of, beginning of the year, you you don't think about. and I'm just going off my experience. I don't. I didn't think about points at all. I mean, I was just trying to win every single race and not make mistakes. Just be smart um but you don't really you don't pull out your calculator at all you know yeah. and that's why i always it always pissed me off when like bromley or coast like they would talk about the points literally at round 1 if you go back in 21 they're on the podium and they're talking about the points it's like we just started like how can you how can you think about the points when literally so much could happen in 17 rounds um i think about 6 rounds to go is when you start you start kind of figuring what guy will be good at this track and that track. um, And you just make smart decisions, but I mean, you go to win, you go every, every race to win. And I think that's the best, best game plan for, for these riders, because at the end of the day, you know, we're not millionaires and it pays great money to win the race. So, you know, Jared Meese wants to win because he, what he likes money. Like he wants to make money. So, if he's got an opportunity he's going to take, he's going to take it. And I think same for Dallas, JD and Breyer. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. It'll be, you know, Black Hills. Meese is Mies is good at Black Hills, but I, Dallas is not, he's not going to be slow there. Dallas is going to be great at Castle Rock and then Springfield. Um, the Jared Meese promotion So if you had to, it's crazy.
0: I, that's what I'm saying. I was getting ready to say what kind of track is Jared better at than what Dallas is than, than Dallas. Cause I'm just thinking like, yeah. you know, it's that time where I put my conspiracy theory hat on, like what if Jared preps the track at Springfield in a way that only suits him
1: versus Dallas. Yeah. And there is a discussion the about same. that. There's somebody like mentioned the, um, like a, you know, Oh, is it fair or something? I think actually it was to on one of his, um, his, um, uh, uh, live videos he he does, which they're actually really cool. Sammy does that's really cool that Sammy does that. Yeah, but, they are, they're really good. But, but I think he mentioned that. And, um, honestly, I, I, I have, there's multiple ways to look at that. I mean, one, I've never seen Meese prep Lima or, you know, Springfield. He wants to pro- provide the best racing possible. Jared's always been that way where he just wants to give the best track possible. I don't think it matters to him. Honestly, he's good on all types of tracks. I mean, there's, you could make Lima really deep and rough and he's good. You can make it brushed off and skittery and he's good. Same with Springfield. Like you can make it, you could put a lot of calcium down and, and make it to where you scoot and, you know, scoot around the racetrack a lot. He's won a lot of those, or you can make it to where you it's a groove around the bottom and, and he's, he's just, he's really good on that. So Um, and if somebody's that concerned about it, if the other riders or teams, if they're, if they like get salty about the fact that Jared promotes races, then go fucking promote a race, go promote your own race and do what you want to do. I mean, people, you know, it's, you can promote a race, you can spend a hundred grand to promote the race and have a say in the track. Like, absolutely. He should have a say in the track. It's, it's his event. Um, the fact that he's a racer, it, it doesn't matter. Like
0: i mean also you got to go back to the fact that they you know i just went through all the um the attendance data and all that stuff for all the races and jared mises lima is leagues above every other event that aft has done so far this year in terms of like attendance and and tuning in and watching and and stuff like that so um there's it's double-edged like Jared does a really good job for the sport by promoting these races and doing them. So, um, yeah, you can complain about how somebody in the championship battle is promoting a race, but Hey, he also is really helping out your bottom line because he's, he's putting on a great event for your sponsors.
1: Yeah. And it's also, it's probably it's it for him. He's got to focus on promoting and racing. Like it's not easy to do all of that. I don't, honestly don't know how he does it. So, it's it's probably more it it's probably harder than it is beneficial. um You know, it's yep. not. It's hard. It's hard to do, and and people. You know, they. I've gotten a few people. I, I honestly, I forget where it was, but somebody, why is why is why is Corey allowed on the track? It's like, dude, it's my race. Like I'm, you know, for different, you know, different things. It's promote a race. Like do your own race. You can do whatever the fuck you want. So. Um, but with that being said, like, you know, you try to keep it fair. And obviously like I, but like nitpicking something is, is silly. I mean, something like that. I mean, he's, he's going to prep it, whatever's best for the sport. He's not going to, cause I don't even think he knows what would be better. Um, you know, lately Springfield has been, it's been way different than my first 10 years there where we kind of all rode around the guardrail. I thought that provided, some really good racing. The draft was key. Now they kind of skate up and drift wide in the corner. So either way, I I don't know. I think Mies Mies is confident um, about Springfield. You know, he, regardless of what the track does, I think he's going to be really confident. So it'll be interesting. Dallas is riding very very well. So it's you know I love that you know the the situation we're in as fans. It's it's going to be a good one. And then you have Breyer and JD. Uh, JD is is Dallas's teammate, so that helps Dallas out a little bit in certain scenarios. But you know, Breyer and Mies are kind of buddies again. I don't know what's going on there. I think they they were divorced, but now I think they're good. Um, so I think they're they're buddies. So yeah, could get interesting, man. We could have some scenarios here. The last, the days
0: of days. our lives, flat track soap opera. There <laughs> we go.
1: Yeah, man, it's exciting. It makes me want to line up on the grid and. you know just be out there with them but same time it it would be stressful for anybody not jared in dallas like like you really don't want to screw that up but you want to get paid too so
0: yeah i'm excited
1: yeah i'm excited
0: so you coming out west
1: that's the plan man i'm not doing castle rock but uh yeah the plan for me is to try and get out to Try and get out to Rapid City. That's my favorite trip of the year, Sturgis Bike Week. I absolutely love going out there. So trying to get out there for that. And then obviously try to get out for for Springfield. There's a lot going on. I want to shout out, we have a big event we've been shouting out all summer. And it's right around the corner. It's the Mile High Showdown, August 19th at the IMI Motorsports Complex in Erie, Colorado. $1,500 hooligan purse but killjoy racing is also offering a $250 contingency for the highest top five finisher on a hooligan bike. That's 10 years old or younger. Wait, what? That- <laughs> I got years or younger, 10 years old or younger. The bike.
0: No. So the bike has to
1: be 10 years um, old or younger. Yeah. 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like, a- <laughs> you could be 10 years old and ride the hooligan bike. I was like, wait a minute. Hell yeah. Yeah. Throw them out there. Um, uh, additionally they are also throwing in 500 dollars to the existing pro purse on top of the pro entry so any pros on their way back east after castle rock stop in and, and check that event out and, and snag some money definitely the end of the season is right around the corner and definitely wouldn't be a bad thing to stop in if you're a pro and and ride that racetrack it's a really cool apparently it's a really really cool racetrack so yeah, definitely a yeah. mile high showdown check them out on instagram and And, uh, Facebook, and then also Hagerstown, Maryland, we're within a month from, uh, Hagerstown flat track presented by mission foods. It's going to be a good one. We have over, eh, not over. We, we, we have $20,000 we're paying out over the course of the two days. We have whole shop money from Tommy Duma. We have, uh, it's an AMA featured event. So the AMA will give out number one plates for the overall winners. Any questions regarding Hagerstown? We're expecting a really good fan turnout. Hit hit us up, Corey Texter promos on social media. We got Sammy Sebedra. He's gonna come out and do a lot of live coverage for the event. We have my buddy Julian is the flagger. I talk Julian into being the flagger. So I got I got Julian flagging. I got my buddy Ryan Connolly. He's the referee. I have a lot. My mom's doing sign up. I got a really, you know, good crew of people helping me out with Hagerstown. And we haven't been there in I think like eight or nine years. And I don't think amateurs have raced there in close to 25, 30 years. So getting amateurs back on the Hagerstown half mile, it's such an iconic racetrack. And it's gonna be really cool. A lot of top pros are coming and it's gonna be good. And I'm excited. So it's been a lot of work. Yeah, it, yeah, we're getting close.
0: August is gonna be a great month for amateur racing. Um there's so much racing going on especially out here out west i mean and then you know all leading up into uh springfield uh yeah it's it's a fun it's a fun month of racing um so get on out get off your couch um yeah i don't i don't know if you guys listen to the pod uh we'll be at springfield or not but Corey and i will be be there, um, bantering back and forth. We might even try and corner, uh, Robbie Bobby and maybe do a, a drinking session at a local, uh, adult beverage, uh, establishment and, uh, get a little something going for the pod there. It'd be a lot of fun, but, um, I know my kids racing, me racing a lot this month, uh, in August. So I know Cruz is going to be racing as well. So get on out, support the kiddos and, uh, yeah, it will be a lot
1: of fun anything else to chat about i don't i've been on no looking here Let's see if there's anything no i don't think so i don't think that was uh got rapid city this weekend he picking the win rapid city man pick one from each class Ugh, i'm gonna go
0: with i'm gonna go with dallas i'm gonna sh- rock the boat and then um i think in the singles class and then Cor- i think cody's gonna uh Let the the blonde hair flow. So I'm going with uh, Dallas and and Cody.
1: All right, there you have it. Yeah, I I don't have to give. I don't have to give a prediction, right? i Just go with it. No,
0: yeah, you don't have to. You're the writer coach. I'm picking Trent twenty bucks. Picking Trent. There you
1: go. I'm picking Trent. Trent's gonna win. It's right up Trent's alley. He needs to win because. Whatever the hell that was the last three laps of the Peoria race. That's that's a not its not a good that wasn't a good good way. He's got a, he's got a rebound. So picking Trent and then I don't know, man. Rapid City's a day race, I heard. Which actually really what? sucks. Yeah, I heard they're running that's Sunday. Stupid. Sunday during the day. Uh let me just check actually. Oh, that's a man. game changer. I, I know hope that's wrong. Because it actually really sucks. Um it sucks during <laughs> the day. Like the track is sick once the sun goes down. But throughout the day, that place sucks. Um, It's a completely different track during the day to nighttime. Yeah, dude, it's a day race. Um, God damn it. We are going racing 6.15 p.m. singles main event and 6.45 twins main event. Yep. That is, uh, that's not the that's, sun's still up. That changes a lot. Honestly, hopefully it rains a little, like <laughs> the track would last year wasn't great at all. And then it rained and it was actually pretty solid. So man, that yeah it doesn't yeah, usually
0: that, rain a lot, um, out this part this time of year, but for some reason Sturgis, it's like a, it
1: rains in a while, Yeah. I was there one year and it literally, it, downpoured for hours and there was trucks that they were stuck in the pits for like two days like they couldn't get out I mean it was (laughs) it was a flood it it was gnarly I don't even know what year that's right because
0: they've parked everybody uh in the infield right
1: they still do that but then the next year or two they parked us they parked us like up on the hill which kind of sucked honestly but yeah because I think it rained that year then too and then I I don't fucking remember but yeah it's it's when it rains there. It rains. It's actually it's kind of scary. Like it it gets gets pretty hectic. I don't t- tornadoes scare the shit out of me. Anytime I see like really dark clouds, like we went to dinner the other night and I had uh I had Evan. I'm like, hey, check and see if there's any tornadoes in the area because <laughs> <laughs> it was windy and it was dark. And I'm just I watched Speaking the- of Evan. How's his shoulder? Uh, it's good. He's fine. He's milking it. No, he got um he got surgery and got a plate put in um hell it kind of yeah. looks gross actually but
0: mm-hmm. it's way
1: he's like it he's like it's way better than it was I was like well you're walking around with a broken collarbone because he he he, he was like two weeks before he got surgery so oh shit yeah we, we couldn't get him in really to to get the surgery um so he was pretty much walking around with a broken collarbone for I think it was a week and a half to be fair but yeah he's good he'll be fine I think honestly the goal is try to get him back for Hagerstown uh, in a few weeks yeah. so we're not going to rush it but that'd be, that's kind of the game plan would be, uh, get him back for, for that. And then his birthday's actually Springfield mile the last day. So uh, that's what kind of the rookie of the year thing really sucks. Cause I, I might, I would have maybe had him run that event if it wouldn't have, you know, hurt his rookie of the year stuff. Cause yeah. that's a $7,500 check. I mean, that's, that's pretty good money for <laughs> rookie of the year. That's, that's like, I think that's more than what it pays to win the championship for singles from AFT, honestly. So I have huh. to look at that. That's actually, yeah, I think it's 7,500 bucks, the mobile plus whatever it's a, uh, it's a good chunk of change to win that award. So yeah, that's why.
0: $7,500, $5, man. I don't know. I think Tim's going to be looking into that rule book and seeing if uh, we can't get Tom in there.
1: I don't think Tim's stressing over 7,500 bucks. <laughs> I'm sure he'll just, match that because technically Tom is a rookie um yeah
0: because if you look I mean like I always say this because I'm a huge baseball fan but you got a kid that gets called up in a late season you know plays a couple he can come out the next year and he's still a rookie you have to like he did one really race he did
1: one race last yeah. year the other race it rained yeah. out so rained technically out. even if he yeah. did two I mean he did five seven percent of the rate what well, I don't know the percentage but um but Dude, he's it's a the infamous gray area. Yeah, and they don't give rookie of the year <laughs> or in uh, Twins anymore. I mean, they that was that was where they gave rookie of the year was like the the GNC one or expert class, but yeah. now it's so different. It drives is, people uh, Brandon, nuts.
0: What's it, the Maryland Maryland boy Brandon uh, right He won that,
1: didn't he? Yeah, I don't know if he won it. Um, I'm going back to like when Kirkness won it and uh, Brandon Robinson and. And guys like that it was uh weedman like it was definitely definitely weird back then too like it was a gray area on how many races you could do or couldn't do and yeah um uh, Miko actually listens to the pod and he he messaged me after i brought up he's like he's he, he kind of got sporty he's like you know i you know this and that i was like oh no dude i i'm a fan i i'm just talking about it so he, i was like I, I don't disagree i i agree with what you're saying um I, I think if you do a couple races, I don't think it should, you know, nope. kick you out of the, of the running for that, but I think it should be a set. amount. I think three, I think three is a good, is a good amount. Yep. If you do three or less, you should be eligible for rookie of the year the following year. So I want to yeah, see
0: that. No, I, I agree. And w- one of the reasons why I say that is because late in the season, you would see an increase in entries, and I mean that's more money into the pocket of AFT if you allowed these kids that are younger uh, that do well at amateur nationals, like the you know like the the two talls, right? That's another entry. Yeah. They're not going to go out there and embarrass themselves.
1: Well, and um, it's good for the sport. Like having like exactly. imagine Evan coming out on his birthday, 16th birthday, running the season finale at Springfield Mile. I mean, it'd be good a good storyline and just to have another guy in the mix, but nope, it's not, not even on our radar because of that, of that deal. So it's,
0: and more importantly, sucks. beats your fast lap record at Springfield. That's what he's gunning for. I don't think he would do that. Um What's your fastest lap? Do you know? Not that you have it displayed over your bed on a mantle.
1: I don't really, uh I, I don't look at Springfield results for me the last few years, they were pretty bad, but I did podium there one year. So mm-hmm. I don't know what my what my lap was but i i think the lap times back then were way faster than what they are now i I think i got into like the 34s or 35s um but i there you go too tall there you go i beat jared meese that that day he couldn't uh he couldn't get by me like the whole race so that was cool um did he break no well he might have broke the (laughs) last three laps to be honest but he was he wasn't gonna beat me he was he was that's awesome. That's eight awesome. Bike links behind me. Yeah, I loved to just, I love when I posted all my photos last year when I retired, I found a lot of photos of me in front of me. So I was like, well, this is really cool. <laughs> so I kept, <laughs> I kept Hell posting yeah. them. Yeah, I kept posting them. But no, that was the race. Cool Beth actually drove it around the outside of Brian on the last corner. Uh, and I was in third. I got front row seats to it. It was sick. So it was. That was a cool, really cool race. I was very surprised I got third, but I I actually had a shot to win. I felt like, like I kind of caught them with five to go and, and then, uh, yeah, I didn't win obviously, but yeah, it was a really, really good race. That was 2016 Springfield two. So it was in the fall. Um, yeah, it was sick. That's right. Cause they
0: used to do Memorial day and labor day. And then they, then COVID, they started jamming them up at the, uh, the end of the year.
1: And I don't uh, think that's a that's bad fine. idea. I think that's no, uh, yeah, it's I cheaper don't. having. I think there should be more double headers. It, it's just so much cheaper to bring the air fence one location, set up hotels. I just, I just think it's a way, way cheaper option, uh more efficient than you know not having double headers. I'd like to see. Double I'd like headers. to see a
0: triple crown fr- format. What do you think? You think AFT could handle that? You know, what, like what uh, does that Supercross mean?
1: Supercross does. oh uh, three short main events yeah Mm, i mean as a rider i wouldn't like it but as the fans i mean i don't think the riders in supercross like it but the fans as a fan i like triple crown races like i i think that's cool yeah i mean it could probably work honestly because especially we don't have big rider counts they could have two rounds of qualifying and then have three 10 lap main events that wouldn't be bad it would, hit, dude. It, would, our sport is so the fans are so against anything mm-hmm. fun like that. They're oh, it's not traditional. It's not you know, why are they racing motocross bikes? Why do they have front fenders? Uh, I can't read the font on the numbers. I mean, they're just not. Oh they're they're not I'm open right to to new things. But I yeah, I mean, I think that'd be cool. Um, yep. Maybe maybe I we'll do that at one of my races, past. man. Maybe I'll. That's throw what that I'm
0: thinking. Yeah you need to do like a series you know because you got Hagerstown you got winter throwdown you know you got I don't know if there's something else out there and uh you know one of them be a triple crown hell yeah and then like yeah I think that'd be dope it well we did the like one uh, of the
1: classes we did the 1v1 last year I thought that was good a lot of people were they yes. they came up they're like ah oh, I didn't think it was gonna like Pat Maroney was one he's like I thought it was gonna be lame and uh but it was actually awesome like it was the highlight of the weekend I was like yeah oh, I appreciate that just try and trying something new. And I mean, maybe we do a triple crown and it sucks, but I mean, it's we at least try try it. it. So, um, one more thing I want to talk about and we'll wrap this up, but, the the fan attendance at Peoria, um, it, what were your thoughts? Like, it didn't look like it was amazing. It didn't look like it was bad. It depends on what side of the hill you're on. I guess, um, the front straightaway hill looked a little bit off, but I thought the like the turn four or whatever it is, turn four hillside was pretty pretty decent. And then the hillside wasn't bad as well. And it honestly goes back to what I said, I think it was last week or the week before, but Illinois racetracks, they just don't get as many fans as they did ten years ago. Um, for whatever reason, just the fans aren't coming. Uh and I, I didn't know what your thoughts were.
0: Uh a couple of things. One, um, it looked like people were spread out around the entire track a little bit more than they had in years past um it was it's not any different than any other year but it was really hot and really sunny that day so i think because i looked and it looked like a lot of people were just back off the track a little bit underneath shading from the tree um and there looked to be, I know that I was texting you during the race, but there looked like a lot of people down in the pit. So I know that you had said like, Oh, the the infields closed off. I'm like, there are a lot of people down there that do not look like they're part of a race team. Um, so I just think people were a little bit more advantageous of where they were standing and watching the races versus um, years past. I think it was fine. I mean, it's fucking thunder valley it's peoria it's hot humid and disgusting so i just think people were just doing what they could to get out from the sun um no i don't i was it as well attended as it was 30 years ago no but god damn it nothing is anymore no um, and i think so live you, you get people live watching on tv you know? too.
1: yeah live coverage hurts i've said it before yep. live streaming i mean if you're if you're two hours away from Peoria and it's a hot day, and it's it's that easy to have a beer in your couch and watch the race with your with your buddies, yeah. you're not going to go. And I just think that's why I think it's a little conflict of interest with the live streaming versus the promoters. Like I I don't know how it works, but I would like to I'd like to see the promoters get a percentage of the live the live the fans choice for that day because they do lose spectators because of that like i know for a fact because i i talked to people that we were gonna go but it was hot and i was like we watched it on fans' choice i'm like ah you know it's just (laughs) it's it's you keep too many fans do that we ain't gonna have races to promote you're not gonna watch the other thing
0: too is a lot of the our iconic tracks or some of the tracks that we go to are not in very dense metropolitan statistical areas, right? There's just not a lot of people in fucking West Virginia or there's not, you know, w- what's kind of around Peoria. It's not Chicago and it's not St. is good. Worse.
1: Peoria's not that small of a city, man. And
0: don't you say that Peoria is, I will never say anything nice about Peoria. Don't you dare say that. No, it's fine. No, You're Peoria, right. I, I got it.
1: stuck there last year for a week and it, it's not that bad. Actually, yeah, it's- Um it's way better than the coin. I mean, there's, i play stocks um but yeah,
0: amateur national saves that
1: <laughs> i get i don't know what's yeah i play sucks um yeah i i don't think it's that bad but i just like again i think illinois people um they're great they I mean they're great fans they're passionate they're knowledgeable but i just think they're kind of numb to having races because they have so many yeah. every year where uh like when you have a um, like one a year, like, like Southern California or, or Bridgeport or something like that. They just show up cause they're, it's exciting to them again, yep. where I just think, you know, like the one year we had, I mean, we have DeCoin, Springfield, we had Joliet, Peoria. I'm trying to think like there's been a handful of consistent races in that, in that general area. So,
0: and I'm not saying that it's not like this anywhere else in the country, but I don't think, I think a lot of people quite understand during this small window of the year, this late summer, how ungodly the Missouri or the Mississippi Valley area of this country gets in terms of like heat and humidity and bugs. So, um, I'm not saying that is a, a large portion of it, but it, I think it definitely pays a large uh it pays somewhat of a role in why people don't show up when you add in the fact that there are, there's fans choice and there's other races later in the year. Um It's just another, you know, aspect of how, I mean, it fucking sucks along the river down there in the Valley. Like it, it's just brutal outside. And so somebody decided to sit inside versus go out to the racetrack. I mean, 10 bucks versus 50 bucks, or whatever it is, uh, for a membership to fans' choice. So, yeah.
1: One more quick question Who is the triple digit rider that makes his first main event, his or her first main event, the last four races that hasn't made it yet? Dragon Birdsong. Yeah, is he hurt? How's he? So he crashed.
0: I texted him and he said, No, I just. I hit the ground harder than I've ever hit the ground in my life before and I said well we can blame it on your new haircut. So <laughs> I don't know <laughs> fair enough. They're uh, all going that uh that Stan blonde hair. So he no he's fine. He was in it. He was in it. He was looking good too and then he uh just went down. I don't know if he got tangled up with another rider. I know Travis went and checked on him but um I, that's that's my pick. Um a lot big. of them have kind of no, a lot of them have put put him in. I don't know. What, uh, what are you thinking?
1: That's not a bad pick. I think he he's a solid pick. He he definitely surprised me a little bit at Peoria. He was right in the mix there. Uh looking here now. Uh, Well, on an unrelated note, Sipes is riding Castle Rock. That's kind of cool.
0: Huh. I was looking at uh, back in it. Tanner Black- whenever you said that, and I was getting ready to say, "I wonder if Tanner comes back for Castle Rock."
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Tragon's probably. I don't. I mean, I think he's probably the best. The best bet, honestly. Mostly everybody has made one. A lot of them, at least. And then I'm looking at the pre-entry for the other races. There's not many, many other options really to pick. So get on it, Birdsong. Get in there. Um. Yeah. Get it done. Looking here now. Jacob Casio, Reese Potterworth, Jacob Walter. They're the only option. I mean, everyone else has got in there. So go earn your two-digit number, boys. Get it done. would like to see it. So all right. That's a wrap. Appreciate everybody Sir. for subscribing on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Appreciate the reviews. Uh everybody reaching out, comments on social. If you have anything you want to discuss, definitely drop us a comment we uh we like to kind of chat and discuss things definitely keep keep the pods going uh, I i we're on we're on schedule this week to do a we're gonna do a colby interview we we're gonna do it tonight but yeah um he just got back to me actually why we we're doing this we're gonna do a we're gonna record that tomorrow eric at some point if you're cool with that oh, sweet. so yep. do yep. a colby carlisle interview Got to get Sean Bear on. Uh, and there's a couple old school guests that I've been texting back and forth I'm trying to get on. So uh, Jeff Haney is one of them. If you guys know Jeff, he's on the fence I'm trying to get Jeff on. He was factory Honda rider back in the day. He trained a bunch of very, very well-known riders. Um, he trained uh, – I'm trying to think who all he worked with. I want to say he worked with Doug Chandler. He worked with – I think Kevin Schwantz. Do you know Jeff Haney?
0: I know the name. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he yep. was going back and watch Honda's
1: youngest Honda's youngest factory rider. He finished on the podium in the nineteen eighty five Daytona two hundred. He, um yeah, I'm looking here to see who he trained. He he's known as a trainer. Like he he quit racing pretty early, and then he he was like one of the innovators for training. He trained a lot of. Really fast racers. I want to say he trained Bubba Schobert, Scott Russell. Uh man, I forget all. He he trained some pretty good riders. So I'm trying to get Jeff on. I I emailed him. He's interested. And uh, yeah, I was he he he's awesome. Really cool guy. So I'm trying to get him on. So anybody listens knows Jeff. Or Jeff, if you're listening, let's let's get you on the pod, man. You got a really cool background. I want to. And I'm trying to get Brett Landis. I've been hitting Brett Landis up, trying to get him on uh yeah open for suggestions it's been a while since we've had a rider from like the 70s 80s on the pod i want to get back on that so any suggestions if you guys have any ends let's uh let's make it happen so that being said that's a wrap eric appreciate you for coming on doing the pod appreciate all the fans for listening and uh yeah we'll we'll catch you guys on the next one Till then we out